Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Now, returning to energy, we've just heard about things getting a little bit hairy in the Irish electricity market. And things are getting a bit hairy on the natural gas market as well. Consistent upward movement has seen wholesale gas prices continually hitting new highs. One benchmark, for example, has the price 10 times higher than it was around this time last year. So what is the latest on Europe's efforts to cope with this crisis and how is the continent fixed for the winter? Tom Marzik-Manser is Head of Gas Analytics at ICIS and is on the line now. Morning, Tom. Good morning to you. What has been driving this recent price movement, this continual set of fresh highs? I think we've, you know, as you said, we've we've seen highs day after day in, in recent weeks. And, and the, the wholesale price, you know, you mentioned is, 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 is up from last year. It's actually 15 times higher now than, than pre-COVID levels. And it's, it's really a continued concern over the availability of gas for this coming winter. Um, the, the global gas market was short even before uh, the war in Ukraine began and, and Russia began to cut gas supplies off to Europe. And, 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 and that, that, that concern is really starting to come to the fore at the moment. What sparked me to get in touch with you yesterday, Tom, to set this up was this piece on CNBC. I'll just read out the intro. It says, Germany's natural gas storage facilities surpassed a fill level of more than 75% this month, two weeks ahead of schedule, as Europe's largest economy scrambles to prepare for the coming winter. And I read that, Tom, and I thought, oh, well, that sounds pretty good. They've they've got the storage uh, situation going pretty well. But then I thought, well, there's probably more to it than that. So is it good, Tom, this figure, 75% fill level, is, the, is Germany and, and the continent as a whole well prepared? I mean, we're getting there, but it's coming, you know, coming at the expense of a number of things. So, yeah, 75, 76% full in Germany and, and in Europe as a whole. Um, Germany wants to get to something like 90, 95% full by, by November. So it's still got some way to go because there are targets along the way to get to that point. But it does mean to get that gas when when Russia is not piping anywhere near as much as it used to. Um, it means it means uh, reducing demand chronically uh, in terms of consumption from particularly from the industrial sector. Has that been happening already? Yeah, yeah, we've we've really started to see that um, kick in, and in, in German German uh, gas consumption from the industrial and power sectors is is down something like twenty percent versus versus this time in a normal mid, mid-August mid period. So we're seeing heavy, you know, the, the petrochemical industries and, and, and the fertiliser industries, metals industries in Germany really, really respond to this crisis and saying, well, actually, it's too expensive for us to consume gas or uh, we're going to look to burn fuel oil or other, other hydrocarbons uh, in our processes and, and save that gas. So that that is starting to happen, but obviously it has a knock-on effect on on the wider economy uh, within Germany and and elsewhere. So that's one part of the thing, part of the story. This question of storage, I mean, say if the storage is full, is that enough to cover everything we need in in the winter or is it only kind of part of the solution? It's it's certainly only part of the solution. We're seeing, you know, the European Union has said what we want to do is, is cut demand through from August this month all the way to March of next year by 15% versus a normal year. So that's all gas consumption. And we've not yet seen uh, reductions to that magnitude yet. You know, our analysis at ICIS shows that just about if we do that, it's a normal winter. And of course, the temperatures and the, the weather plays a huge part in gas use. But if it's a normal normal winter in terms of temperature, we do cut 15% of our, our consumption. 
And if it comes to the situation that Russia cuts cuts supply, we might just about get through the winter and the storage storages will be just about high enough to get us through to, to March, April of next year. But it's it, it's it's touch and go. Uh, but we, we do need to, to see more more reductions uh, in, in, the, in the coming yeah. weeks. So this 15% plan, hopefully that'll be enough, but clearly we're, we're not quite there yet in, in terms of getting the reductions in uh, demand needed. I should say for, for the benefit of our listeners, Ireland is exempt from that because our gas grid isn't connected to the, the gas grid of any other EU member state. But uh, certainly the, the mood music has been, we'll try to go along with this 15% reduction out of solidarity. Um, let's just spell it out though, Tom. I mean, we're talking about will it be enough? Will it not be enough? If it's not enough, what are the consequences? I mean, I presume we're looking at electricity blackouts and, and people being left without heating. I think I think the the, the chances of in any situation of, of homes being left out left without gas is is extremely unlikely. The whole purposes of these policies is to is to um, you know there's a pecking order in terms of who loses their gas first, and it's definitely industry first. Then it will be um, then it will be um, the sort of commercial sectors, uh, and it really you know. Homeowners and hospitals and public public buildings will will be the very very last. And okay. I don't, I've never seen anything that suggests that we're in that situation. Okay, well, hopefully it doesn't even come to that. And and the the, the plan that's there delivers what we need. What are the latest figures on the Gazprom deliveries? How much of what they're committed to under the contracts is actually coming through the pipes? Oh, very little. I mean, we're we're, we're seeing. You know, Nord Stream One, which is the big pipe that goes directly from Russia to Germany, is is running at twenty percent of capacity. Um, I think some of the big buyers in in, in Germany are probably getting about forty percent of what they would like from from Gazprom. Um, I mean, and, and broadly speaking, you know, Gazprom is supplying like literally twenty percent of of what it would normally do in a in a, in a normal summer. Um, so the, the cuts are huge, and Gazprom was the single largest supplier of Euro, of gas to Europe. So it's gone from being, by far and away, the largest uh, producer supplier to Europe uh, to being something like third or fourth in the pecking yeah. order. So we, you know, LNG, liquefied natural gas, is the main source of supply, and we, it's imports from from the US and elsewhere around the world have really ramped up. Yeah, now that's uh, a, that's an amazing story in itself, and I'll move on to that in just a second. But on Gazprom, I mean, they're quite adept at giving reasons why the uh, the amount of deliveries they're making are so low, but uh, is it fair to say everyone is agreed at this point that, that it is sort of a geopolitical question that they're, they're deliberately keeping supplies low yeah you know they 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 changed the way that um, companies had to pay forcing them to use a specific bank uh, and then the, the most the most uh, recent development was was the the compressors uh, so the, the turbines that run the pipelines this big Nord Stream one pipeline they kept on saying they're broken uh, there was a whole thing with Canada Canada and the turbine being in Canada for repairs, but then couldn't return to, to Russia because of sanctions. And and so they, they claim that the turbines uh, are inoperable and without maintenance from, from Siemens, which is in Canada and, and, and Europe, which therefore are under sanctions, it, it can't run the pipe. So there's lots of excuses. And, and, and you know, you, you, we've heard uh, from from across the spectrum in, in terms of, you know, energy buyers and regulators in, in Europe saying, well, this this doesn't add up at all. The LNG question, liquefied natural gas, the, the stuff that comes in barrels, Europe has done amazingly well at, at getting its imports of that up, hasn't it? Yeah, amazingly well, you know, um, record volumes 
pretty much um, since since January. So even before the war, when the prices had already begun to spike during uh, last last autumn, uh, you know, we've seen huge, huge volumes of LNG coming in. Um, uh, uh, yeah, as I said, record volumes uh, and, and, and a, a big chunk of that coming from the US. But and here's something that people don't necessarily think about. Absent a, a corresponding increase in, in global LNG supply, all that's happening is Europe is sort of outbidding other countries and leaving them in difficulty when it comes to getting their own LNG. Pakistan, for example, I know has has spoken publicly about this that they find suddenly all this stuff is going to Europe. Yeah, it's a, it's a real big issue. I mean, there's the, um, uh, yeah, Pakistan, southern India is is probably the area that the region in the world that has suffered the most. As you say, it's there's not a increase in overall LNG production because we were already producing as much as we could globally before the war. So basically, uh, cargoes that would normally flow to India and Pakistan uh, and and other places, but those two countries in particular, are being rerouted. um, And and the companies are just saying, well, we won't supply you or we'll pay the fine uh, for not supplying you, which when the contracts were struck, didn't foresee a, a wholesale price in Europe being anywhere near at the level it is. So it's, it, they're like, well, we can pay the fine and still make a profit by bringing this cargo into Europe in certain in certain uh, examples. Yeah, just so, go ahead, Tom, sorry. We've seen, you know, the company that used to be owned by Gazprom, uh, which was in, in the UK known as Gazprom Marketing and Trading or in Germany known as Wingas, they had an LNG trading arm um, and and. and that company's been taken over by the German state now, and it's now called Securing Energy for, for Europe. And, and they're doing just that. They, they had a contract to supply Gale, which is an Indian major gas consumer, and, and they're just not. And Gale this week was saying, you know, we've seen we've seen eight or te- eight or so cargoes just missed, and those cargoes come to Europe. And the European company now, owned by Berlin, is doing what it you know exactly what it says in the tin. It's securing energy for Europe. It's mm, Prioritizing European customers over Indian customers. Yeah, just uh, all this effort to get more LNG. It is. It's coming at the expense of the developing world. So it just goes to show you the complexity of of some of the issues that are involved here and and the consequences uh, of the choices that are being made in Europe at the moment. Tom, it's been a fascinating chat. Thanks very much for coming on. Is Tom Marzik Manser, head of gas analytics at ICIS. Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.